0: your host, Sheena. Welcome to Milk Carton Cases, a missing persons podcast dedicated to unsolved missing person cases in Canada and in the U.S. Today, I will be discussing the disappearance of Ariel Jeffrey Kouakou from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. All right, so this next story that I'm going to tell Is about three years now still unsolved I find this case to be a bit close to me in that um, this little boy that went missing is from the area in which I grew up in I actually remember when he went missing I remember when it was made public all and when it was all over the news and I think at the time when I heard it at first I just thought this kid is definitely going to be found. It's, there's no way somebody abducted him. Like Definitely he'll be discovered by someone. He may have gotten lost or something, and he's going to make his way back home by the, the end of the next day. I didn't think I'd be sitting here today talking about this story again. But, you know, um, sometimes truth is, is stranger than fiction. So here we go. So 10-year-old boy, Ariel Jeffrey Kuaku went missing first on March 12th in 2018. This was a Monday afternoon around 11 a.m. Uh, in the town of at Cartierville. This is located in the city of Montreal, in the province of Quebec, and in the country, Canada. His parents are Father Kouadio Frédéric or Frédéric Kouaku, mother Aquena Noela B.B. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing those names and he has also siblings two older brothers of the ages 28 and 17 and a younger s- a sibling a little sister of the age of four on this particular Monday for Ariel it was a ped day from his elementary school the sources that I found explained that that day was considered a pet day for administrative reasons. So I couldn't really f- find out exactly what those reasons were, f- were but um, it's just described as administrative. Um, on that fateful day, Ariel would ask his parents to go to a friend's house a few blocks away. His parents would say yes and let him go for the very first time by himself, by foot. Um, this would be, yeah, the first time he would ever be allowed to walk anywhere on his own. So it was a pretty big day for him. He left his house to see his friend. Uh, when Ariel arrived at his friend's house, however, he arrived unannounced. And when he got there, he, you know, he knocked on the door and he asked if, asked his friend's parents when they answered if he could come out and play. It was at this point that his parents informed him that he was out and they weren't sure exactly when he would be back. Sadly, Ariel wouldn't have had the afternoon that he expected. So after that, Ariel would be sent on his way expectedly to return home, except he never did. At around 6 p.m. that evening, Mr. Kuaku went over about 2.5 kilometers to the nearest precinct on O'Brien Street in Cartseyville to report his son missing. This is when a series of frustrating events would occur for the Kuhaku family. When Ariel's father arrived at the station, he was told to return home and dial 911 from there. (laughs) Yes, you heard correctly. Uh, The officer that he met at the station basically said it wasn't enough to come to the station, that he had to call in his son So appalled by this, by the lack of efficiency, the lack of professionalism and plain empathy from this police officer, he listened and returned home, followed the officer's instructions and called in the disappearance of his son from home. He was able to report him officially, it's crazy, but officially missing at 7.07 p.m. that evening. A set of police officers after that were sent to Ariel's house around 7.29 p.m. to take down any information. According to different sources, the Major Crimes Unit only received the details of the case 12 hours after the call was made. There's a strong belief that had they known sooner, the Major Crimes Team would have at least been able to take advantage of their resources at a much earlier stage, which, as you know hinders a search for a missing child those hours are so crucial to finding a missing child basically they only began conducting their investigation 12 hours prior so if you think about it Ariel left his house at 11 a.m that day his father finally reported him missing at 7 p.m that's already eight hours and then the major crimes team only got onto the case 12 hours from there So, an Amber Alert was issued in the province of Quebec the next day. This happened sometime in the afternoon, roughly around 24 hours after Ariel had last been seen. Sadly, the alert was cancelled by Montreal police at 11 p.m. that evening. In order for an alert to be sent out, authorities have to have a kidnapper's description and a description of a vehicle. Because of the circumstances of Ariel's disappearance, not having many leads, police did not have any of these particular details in order to fill the alert criteria and notify the public. A witness, a woman, would eventually come forward and speak to the Montreal police to tell them about an interaction that she had with a young man who fits the exact description of Ariel. And it just so happened that she spoke to that little boy the same day that Ariel went missing. In fact, It was later found out that it was Ariel that she spoke to. She would tell the cops that she saw him in Batelier Park near the river Rivière des Prairies at 11.25. She said that she spoke to him and asked him a series of questions. Where are you going? What are you doing in the park alone? Where are your parents? Questions like that. She also told the police that she found Ariel to be appearing sad, which kind of lines up with his story of having to walk over to a friend's house and arrive there to not having his friend be able to play. She is extremely credible, says the inspector on Ariel's case, Inspector Ian Lafreniere. Quote, we have camera footage that places him in the park. We do not see him on any security cameras getting out of the park. It lines up with the camera footage. While this seems like a good lead, and it was, don't get me wrong, while it seems like a good lead, at first, this information, when it got out, it was said that the sighting occurred around 2 p.m. that day, rather than the 11.25, which is the exact time that the lady gave him, which is way more in line with Ariel's timeline from the moment he left his house to see his friend, to possibly return home. The official timestamp for that piece of evidence would be placed at 11.25 AM. And Inspector Lafreniere eventually would apologize publicly for the discrepancy and would eventually blame it on communication errors, errors between departments of law enforcement theories. The police theorize, given the fact he was seen entering the park Batelier by Rivière de Prairie, Prairie's River, he, that he may have drowned. They don't theorize this more than, they more believe it than theorize from the sounds of all the details of this case. So to strengthen that theory, they mention how they discovered CCTV footage of him entering the park and not leaving it. Just like how the witness said that they, she saw him at the park. They also coordinated with the Laval police, which is a city directly across the river from where uh, Ariel was last seen, and they coordinated with the Canadian Coast Guard as well as sending sent out divers into the numbing cold waters in order to try and find Ariel. After reviewing some of the CCTV footage out there, I can tell you that there's video of him walking up a street while turning back to look in the opposite direction. He looks back twice. He doesn't stop his stride and actually keeps walking backwards as he looks, but turns back and continues on. It appears as though he could be talking to somebody off camera, but that's just speculation. There isn't any audio to this footage available, and you can't see his mouth moving. It's sort of like the neck down type of view. All you can see is his bright yellow shoes and him walking. The timestamp for this footage is set at 10 13 a.m. Monday morning so either the footage time is wrong or the reporting of him leaving his home to see his friend that day is wrong but something's off because clearly on the footage it does say 10 13 a.m. at the start of their search the police department received more than 700 tips and got support from locals by hundreds in the form of volunteers dogs Helicopters, ATVs, and even horses were used in the search for Ariel. According to the Montreal Gazette, this would be considered a rare occurrence. Despite the many dives, the hundreds of people who were there to help the dogs, the horses, the four wheelers, the boats, the divers, the helicopters no clues were found. Even with the use of drones surveilling the park and surrounding areas, no clues were ever found. The problem, perhaps, was that everything was geared around that river and it seemed like little to no resources were sent elsewhere. Everything that they had available to them seemed to be exhausted on the search of Rivière des Prairies. This is what Mr. and Mrs. Cuoco were speaking out about publicly on the news. They strongly believed that their little boy was abducted and were desperately seeking resources to be used to investigate that theory more closely. Although Inspector Lafreniere does tell the public that they knocked on doors and they did a bit of a search on the streets to investigate that theory. He states that he could not find any evidence pointing to an abduction, despite Ariel's parents' strong belief to the contrary. The search would eventually be called off due to the dangerous conditions it posed on the divers. No evidence, no new tips had really come up since then and even now, nearing three years later. The Kuwaku family are still seeking answers and keeping up hope that one day soon, Ariel will return home to them. It is important to also point out that even though the police lean more towards an accidental death, that never in their extensive search of the river and its banks did any evidence of the drowning come up. There wasn't a shred of clothing, a body was never discovered to this day. The possibility of an abduction is all still very real in the minds of Ariel's family, as well as the people following his case. Whereas for some, they may have believed that Ariel fell victim to the hands of Mother Nature during one of the harshest seasons Montreal has to offer, winter. It is true that icy waters are dangerous and are a place where tragedies occur, especially for young children, not knowing the limits of a frozen river as well as an adult might with experience might have a lot of people walk on frozen rivers and lakes during winter months in Montreal and every year someone does slip through the ice but again we can't be sure in this case that that is what happened on that day there is no evidence proving this theory according to stat Canada the number of accidental deaths due to unintentional harm each year sit at around 13,000 In the year of 2018, there were 13,290 accidental deaths reported in Canada. 40 of those deaths were children between the ages of 10 and 14 years of age. 20 incidents of child abductions were reported in Quebec that same year. So basically, the likelihood of him accidentally slipping through the ice, according to Stats Canada, are higher than the likelihood of him being abducted. Back in 2018, a reward of $10,000 was originally offered by Mr. Kueku to anybody offering information leading to the discovery of his son. Well, now that reward has increased to 100000 $10,000 from the family, $15,000 from professional, a professional boxer named Adonis Stevenson, $50,000 from an entrepreneur, Bruno Rodi. And thirty-five thousand raised from staff members of the school École des Berges de la Chine from donors through a GoFundMe page that they had set up. All funds raised will go directly to Ariel's family in order to help support them financially with their four-year-old daughter, and help pay for their psychological needs as well as f- other forms of aid, so that they can continue to investigate and search for their baby boy. The link and information for that GoFundMe page will be in the episode summary for those of you who are interested in contributing towards the efforts to finding Ariel. He was four feet seven inches and weighed about 90 pounds at the time that he was last seen. He was wearing a black hooded coat, gray pants and bright yellow running shoes. The Missing Children's Network urges anyone with any information on Ariel to contact them at 1-888- 692 4673 or InfoCrime, Montreal at 514 393 1133. I'm going to have a little discussion with a guest speaker today about um, a possible sketchy situation that she, she encountered with her sister the other day in the same area of. Um, Where Ariel Jeffrey Kuaku went missing, the city of Montreal, um, in the town of West Island, which is a few minutes, a good five, ten minute drive away from where Ariel lives. Explain to me the concept, though, of it again. So you have uh, two singers, or can it be rappers, or is it just
1: it's an Instagram page called Versus. And what they do is they have, I guess, artists. Like, it could be all, any kind of artist. Last time it was, um, they had a few rappers on there. I don't remember the exact names of the rappers. They had Beanie Man and um, another reggae artist on there, which I missed, so I'm super upset about. I'm sure um, you are. And they, uh, yeah, and uh, they go on this, I guess they set up like a stage wherever wherever they can. And they uh, they they say they battle, but like I don't think that that's actually a thing. Like yesterday was the first time I watched it. So I'm pretty sure it's just, they say like that they're battling each other, but I don't think anyone really wins. Like I haven't heard like a Shanti one or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, But. No, uh, it's just
0: like they go, they go back and forth, and they sing their
1: songs, and okay, really good
0: energy. <laughs> and it's yeah, really cool. when you sent me the videos, Keisha Cole looks so salty. Keisha Cole is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, she looks so salty, and Ashanti just looked like Ashanti looked uncomfortable.
1: First
0: of all, Ashanti came out there looking like a star. No, no, no. Like I mean, like. She was... She looked uncomfortable with when Keisha Cole was there. I I don't know. She was, what, alone right. for an hour and a half? <laughs> yeah. She definitely was
1: uh, uncomfortable. Well, because that's because, like, she was sitting there for how long, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to expect the pain so that people stay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they had always postponed this twice, eh? This is the third time.
0: Between the two because of them?
1: Scheduled... Yeah, they postponed it. They were supposed to do this weeks ago. Wow. They canceled the said a shopping got covid and then the second time was for something else i didn't i don't know exactly and then this is the third time so imagine you've already put twice and now the third time one of the artists is an hour and a
0: half late that's crazy that's ridiculous like status, no know? kidding <laughs> but yeah and who is the man sitting on the chair with keisha at one point who the hell was that
1: have no idea. She barely, she was barely singing. People were writing in the comments that she was set up. Oh my God. They're like, you guys set up Keisha Cole. Her mic is not loud enough. No, no, no. Like they're trying to back. Ashanti was singing. You could hear it. Like you could hear her vocals. Keisha was just there. Like ah. it almost looked like she was moving her head back to like get away from the mic. Yeah, I
0: saw That's that. The I saw that. And like, it's the head it's away from, from the, mic. the microphone. Yeah. But sometimes I guess singers do that when they're, pardon me? Yeah, that's what she said. She's like, her mic was set up
1: too close to her face.
0: Yeah, so that's, yeah, I was going to say like if if she's going to like hit a high note, she's going to back up from the microphone so the sound is better and not like screeching in your ear. But she was moving her head back a lot. Like why didn't she just move the chair? I don't know. The whole, like she looked, she looked salty, she looked uncomfortable. And Ashanti looked uncomfortable, but I only heard a bit of it from when you were uh, on the phone with me, and Ashanti's voice sounded very good. But oh, yeah, man. anyways. All right, so Diana, can you introduce yourself?
1: You want me to introduce <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just, you don't have to give your family name, yeah, but, but just a little blurb of like who you are, where you where you're from.
1: Hello, my name is Diana, and I'm 31, and I'm from Montreal, Quebec. Canada, yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. it's very snowy here and cold.
0: <laughs> How cold um, is it today? What's the temperature?
1: Uh, today it is minus four, but it feels like minus seven. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, we got a lot of snow, um, in
0: the last like three days because we had two big snowstorms. Wow, that's that.
1: yeah, that's true. Like, all the yeah, we went from no snow to now, like, there's, there's snow. There's <laughs> a lot of snow. Mm. But that's, that's
0: snow. California. So, like a true Canadian, you and your sister the other day decided to go look for spots to do a photo shoot out in the cold. Am I right?
1: Yes, that's exactly what we did. Um, like, Sarah, who knows everything, brought us to um, a few places. Mm-hmm. And then we went to up- to a park that you recommended.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> um,
1: no. <laughs>
0: Oops. Um,
1: which was really nice. Like I, I honestly, like when I when I got there, and said, like, oh, my it was so funny because when I when I pulled up with my sister, because um, she had brought me to like the shittiest places, and I was like, when we got there, I was like, you should have just listened to Sheena <laughs> like from the beginning, cause, mm-hmm. like. You don't know what you're talking about. And it's actually really cute. Anyway, pretty much what happened was um, kind of a, a weird situation. Uh, so we pulled up the park. After are pulling up, um, there was a truck pulling up at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like this little place on the right where you can park your cars, which you know. Yeah. Um, so like she had a really big truck. So as you know, the space is not very big. So pretty much he pulled up. And he was taking up a lot of space. So but my sister, being a nervous driver, was like, "Oh, I don't really want to go there. I don't want to park there." Like, you know, she was like, "This guy's like staring at us." But I figured he was just staring at us. He's probably like, "You guys want to park your car?" But she, you no, know, she looked afraid. To, right. Like, come and just stop to park her car, right? Right. So I assume that's why he. was at us. But I mean, whatever. You never really know. So we <clears throat> kind of were just waiting to park his car, get out of his car and leave, so that, I guess, her, her car was feeling like watching her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well um, she drove around the block, she's like, oh, I don't think I can park it right here, the streets are too narrow, whatever, she goes back to the parking lot, the guy's still in his car, so we did a good circle around the, the we went around the, um, the block, it took maybe three minutes, the guy was still in his car. Okay, so she, she found out a bit weird, she's like, still there, what are you doing, you know? So anyway, so then as we pulled back up to the parking lot, he got out of his car. And he was like, he kind of waved us in and come park right here. Like, okay.
0: Okay. So she
1: was like, oh, I'm going to go park there. So anyway, so we go, we park. Um, while we're parking, he got, yeah, he went around his car, got his dog out of his, out of his truck. Right. So we got out of the car. Started talking, la la. I'm like, oh my god, um, the dog was so cute. He was like, um, he was like, what dog, what kind of dog was he? Uh, you know, like those, um, those bulldogs, he was like a bulldog, but like, is it a Rottie
0: a Rottweiler? No, he wasn't. He
1: was, oh, look, I
0: have you have photos, right?
1: Yeah, it's so weird. Like, cause, yeah, because I had my camera out, so I was like, oh, I'm just gonna
0: take a show me. C- can you send it to me now? Oops. Yeah, that's so. That's a boxer. He just looks really old. Yeah. He's got a lot of white on his face. Oh. Okay. Anyways, continue the story.
1: Anyway, so has his dog with him, he starts coming up to us, talking to us. It's a little bit, I'll get one to So, okay, like, I guess that was kind of like normal as well. Like he was acting like a normal dude.
0: What? How old would you say he was? Just to like give an idea, what I'm looking at.
1: He was probably like early 50s. Okay. Anyway, we were just walking, and then you know, unfortunately, like as we're walking into the park, a woman was walking her dog. Mm -hmm. She was walking a park. I forgot to mention that this guy didn't have his dog on a leash. Okay. Yeah. So anyway so the dog's walking freely whatever so pretty much what happened is as you walk into the park there's a bridge so my sister me this guy we're talking we're walking slowly his dog is like like probably like five six seven feet away from us now kind of just doing his own thing almost completely over the bridge and we're just we're just getting we're just starting to pass over the bridge mm-hmm. and the dog's kind of doing his own thing and then as Okay. Um his dog approaches her. Uh-oh. Her dog. Um. Uh. So he starts to go and like smell dogs, whatever, and obviously like any other dog who's like, you know, on a leash yeah, and he's also like gonna... with, with their uh, protecting yeah. their owner, looks like he jumped at this dog. Right. So now they're like almost like in the air, like wrestling and like like barking at each other and okay like so the the other. boxers I, fighting
0: back kind of
1: yeah well yeah okay yeah because they were both it was it happened so fast that like they just started jumping at each other
0: yeah yeah it's usually how it happens it's quick
1: yeah so then pretty much like what happened at that point was that the the girl like oh, i'm sorry like it's my dog, uh which is actually really nice of her because I mean, like if that was me I would have been very upset. Yeah. Cause... I would have asked this guy to put a leash. Yeah. So you know that there's no other dogs around. Like, when you're in a food area where you know her, like, your dog can run around freely. Like, when you're walking into a park,
0: yeah, you should not have... dog a leash. Yeah, um, you should definitely keep the dog on a leash until you walk in and you see that it's, like, it's clear. Then you take the dog off the leash. It's... Yeah. Like, she would have been okay... Yeah. It would make more sense if her dog was not on a leash and the, uh, the, the man had his dog on a leash, but it was the opposite. I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. But, but anyways, exactly. in, in both cases, both dogs should have been on a leash, but she wasn't in the wrong at all.
1: No. So well, anyway, so this guy obviously goes to get his dog. We, uh, we turned our back and we we're kind of just like, oh my God, say, like where should we take photos? And then this lady with her dog, they left. And then sudden we look back, and this guy is over his dog, it looks like he's trying to shake his dog, like, to wake up his dog. Aww. So, pretty much, it was a very uh, uncomfortable situation, because it's, like, it's in my nature to, like, want to approach someone and help someone when they are when they need help. So, like, it was very hard for me to, like, to not approach the guy, mm-hmm. and, like, ask Okay. If, if, if the dog's okay, we're kind of like from afar, which was also a bit awkward. So then my sister goes, "Should we need us to call anyone? Like, you know, like, are you okay? Is the dog okay?" And he goes, "Oh, can you guys come and just can you guys come closer and just watch my dog while I get um, this fight in my car? I have a back problem, like like a uh, um and uh, so." Me and my sister and look at each other, and we were we were going to go. Like we, we were like, oh, like okay, like I guess, you know. And then my sister took the phone because she was gonna like call, like my mom or something, and be like, hey, like this, the situation's happening. It's kind of weird. Like, do you want to come? Because that's how we were raised. Like, don't Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know who the spy is. You don't know if this is a a, a setup. Like, right anyways, yeah like literally like that's how we were raised it's just and it's something that because my mom has always 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 like continuously reminded us that like you don't talk, you don't talk to strangers you get frustrated like it's just it's in our nature now to like not not trust anyone we don't know and especially so, the,
0: the old situation with like oh i have a dog you want to come see even though it's not like Come look at my puppy! It's it's still like, and it's not
1: like it's not like there was someone else in the park. Right, we're the only ones in the park. At this point, are you guys then, just
0: just over the little bridge? Or are you more deep into the the park?
1: No, the the dog was pretty much like at the end. Yep. Um, no, we weren't deep into the park.
0: No. Oh, okay. So, so you weren't. You were right. like you could see the bridge, parking lot, yeah. basically from where you were standing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you could. So so yeah, so you guys were going to you guys were going to go help and like watch over the dog while he got the sled. But then
1: Then the dog got
0: up. Okay. Right. Yeah. The dog looked the dog okay. Was up, he limping yeah. or like why the heck was the dog no, down? No, he
1: was standing up and then you know my sister and I were kind of just like that was really a lot. So I let's see. i want to take photos. him. <laughs> so like let's call it a day and then we we left you know but my sister at some point said she's like I don't know like I get a weird vibe and then all to say you know like when I went home and we told my mom the situation like right away my mom's first instinct the first thing she said was how do you know that you can tell his dog to play dead
0: well either way like you were two girls alone in a park that's usually secluded there's usually there's usually never anyone there and sometimes you bump into people and it's like one other person coming in with their dog either leaving or coming at the same time but for the most part when you're there when you go to that park you're usually alone so i like you followed your instincts and you know your mom might have a point like that guy could have just been telling his dog to play dead but um it could have it could have been innocent enough but he was still acting creepy he was still watching you guys it could have like it could have been just that he was checking you guys out and being a creep that way but yeah. either either way like the vibes were not good and i think you guys were smart in just leaving and had you stayed well, with the dog pardon me for me for me the
1: um the, the the like the strange thing was like I have a sled in my truck, so my dog does this often. Right. Then, because I'm prepared for my dog to collapse.
0: Yeah. So
1: if you're prepared for your dog to collapse, then one, if this happens often, you don't need us to, to watch your dog. Uh yeah. You know, it's like you often then. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it doesn't, it didn't make any sense. And honestly, it was very upsetting because how I see it, I see hmm. it as uh, a irresponsible dog owner.
0: Right. Also, uh, yeah, if you think your dog's going to collapse, then why aren't you bringing the sled with you? Like, just, just, like, as a precaution from the beginning. Because had they gone deeper into that forest, like, it's not, it's not, very, it doesn't go very far, but, had he got all the way to the end and his dog collapsed that means he would have had to walk all the way back get the get the sled and come all the way back exactly. and he would have been alone so yeah it is weird
1: exactly. yeah we weren't supposed to be there right like we're not supposed to with him
0: mm-hmm. yeah that is, that is kind of weird it is weird
1: yeah because honestly like you don't know like especially today like if you really think about it like i know this might sound crazy and stuff but like with COVID, especially, like wow, is now like a quick time. Right. To get kidnapped. Like if you really.
0: Because no one's out. Nobody
1: wants to go. Uh, no one wants to go inside someone's home. Hospitals are taking people. Like, but they don't want to take like, people not really sick. It's a, it's a very, 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 very weird, scary time right now. Yeah,
0: I hear you. Yeah. No, you're right. All right. Well, thank you, Diana. Thank you for the story. And uh, you want to say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> to all of our listeners.
1: Have a great rest of
0: your day. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. See you again soon.